I checked, everything's still going. People are still making money. People are still losing money, you know, part of the game. Yeah, no, that's it's it's unreal. It's such a fun topic because I think back in 2011 when I first and I remember you mentioned maybe it might even Bitcoin might have even started before 2011, but my yeah, memory I'd... goes back as far as 2011. That was the first time that I heard of it. That's around whenever I first heard about it too. Um, I remember seeing the price around like eight or nine bucks the first time and by the time i managed to figure out how to buy any it was around 35 i think yeah i saw it on the first upswing back then yeah i was reading this uh this article back in may of 2011 i don't know if that was before or after they went public but i remember in may of 2011 that it was worth it was their selling was at three dollars and fifty cents a stock yeah that's that's pretty low yeah i don't know if that was pre-ipo um but three dollars and fifty cents for a bitcoin now if you do the math if you put a thousand dollars you bought a thousand dollars worth of bitcoin in may of 2011 when it was worth three dollars and fifty cents a share and you were sitting on it now that it'd be 286 shares times whatever the stock is worth now at one point it was at 50,000 I remember when it went to 50 I was like wow but if you'd cashed out at the um, top 65 or something oh, you know even so. 65 that's even more or maybe it was 65 it may have been 62 was the highest I've seen it at but yeah so if you had 280 yeah, 286 shares that you bought for $3.50 a piece back in 2011 and you sat on it until it was over just say 50 because I think it's an easier number to do math with that it comes out to be like 15.6 million how many million 15 15.6 million oh my gosh that's yeah that would uh let me do that. I'm trying to actually go up all that way and not sell along the way up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So because if, if you bought it for $2 or $3, you'd be sitting there seeing it at $10 going, wow, I've more than tripled my money and have no clue that it was going to go up, you know, exponentially from there. Yeah. Yeah. So that math I think was based off of like $56,000 a share and Ooh. 15 million bucks. I remember I was talking to somebody. I was on this, um, had me on their show in the East Bay. And they asked the person next to me first what they would do different if they can go back 10 years. And they said, invest everything into Bitcoin. And then they. And oh, then the like, person, same here. <laughs> yeah. No, I so would have put a couple paychecks into it back then if I had the foresight. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. So with this whole Bitcoin mining thing, it just. I know that, you know, you have 100K that you have, a you know, a lot of or some experience in the in the Bitcoin mining world. To me, it sounds like, you know, when someone mentions, you know, Bitcoin mining, it sounds like a World of Warcraft game or something. It doesn't sound like, you know, like a real thing. So, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's very real. It's, um, you know, for there to be any Bitcoin out there, there have to be computers out there running the mining software to put their, you know, to put the computing power towards um, solving basically the, the puzzles that um, 
that come about when you're trying to verify all the transactions and produce new coins. Um, so yeah, there's those get tougher the more computers that go into it as well. So it's kind of scalable. If you know 50% of the Bitcoin miners dropped off tomorrow, it would still take just about as long to mine new Bitcoin because it adjusts. Yeah, so I I know that you know so we're up live now again. Um, it was really funny. It seemed like more than a coincidence. We had, the stream was down, and um, I felt like I was Bitcoin mining at that very moment because I've seen pictures. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, there's got to be other people. I'm. Just, I don't. So the mining part. So um, with there's like yeah. a Bitcoin wallet. So is that is that like a hard drive? Is that what a Bitcoin wallet is, or is that something else? No, um, a Bitcoin wallet is a very small file. Um, is well overall stored in a very small file. You can use something called the Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin Core QT, which is a program that um, pretty much downloads the whole blockchain on your computer and runs a wallet from there. Or you can use something like Electrum, which is another program. Uh, to run a wallet on your computer and those will save into a small dot that file on your computer and you can encrypt the wallet which i highly suggest anybody listening do if you make a bitcoin wallet and don't store them on something like block or store them on something like dropbox uh, wow. keep them on a usb drive in your fire safe or your safe fire deposit safe. box at your bank fire safe I got my pen out and writing this down. Yeah. So, with the uh, with the fire safe and everything, and storing that, and not using it, and storing things in the cloud, and that it's just uh, it seems like there's so many different things, but somehow this regulates or it turns into currency at some point, right? Yes. It um you know sitting there, you can trade it to people person to person, you know, if you guys both have, you know, you can put Bitcoin wallet software on your phone um, or on your computer, you know, you can sit there and hand somebody cash and have them send you Bitcoin. Um, you can take your Bitcoin to an exchange such as Coinbase, Bitstamp, or Kraken and sell it there for USD or for any other currency. Um, and a lot of times, you can just straight up use the Bitcoin as a currency on some sites like Newegg, I believe Overstock.com, uh, plenty, plenty of websites you can just pay in Bitcoin on the site. So there's all sorts of ways it turns into currency. Yeah. So with New uh, Newegg and uh, Overstock, so they it sounds like they have um, cultivated some relationships with these particular business partners and then coinbase that's publicly traded as well is that Na is that is that nasdaq uh, i didn't hear what you said there uh with uh coinbase yeah so that's um that's publicly traded as well right is that i know that cash app is yeah. square and and um coinbase is is that attached to nasdaq somehow um yes actually coinbase recently had an ipo uh and they're Stock is traded on the New York Stock Exchange now, I believe. Um, they, um, you know, it's been a pretty big company for a while. It's been one of the 
most well-known and trusted places to buy and sell Bitcoin for a while. Uh, if you're getting heavily into it, I wouldn't actually suggest using Coinbase, but if you're a new user, uh, Coinbase is a great place to get started. Uh, same with Cash App. Cash App actually has a pretty good uh, – Cash App is pretty quick with buying and selling Bitcoin, and you get your coin pretty quickly. Coinbase, you have to wait for almost a week to be able to trade it out of your Coinbase account after you purchase it. Um, Cash App, you buy it and you can trade it out immediately. Yeah, that seems so, ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So they're both just as trustworthy. Um, and, you know, the price is pretty consistent amongst most of them because they all update on the current price. Yeah. 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 So I am. Um... So when you're when you're sitting back in the lab, I mean, are you sitting back when you're Bitcoin mining? Are you behind a computer? Are you? Um, I just uh, you honestly you honestly don't have to monitor it much at all. Um, some people will set up, uh, you know, temperature monitors to you know send them an alert to their phone if something gets overheated. Um, but for the most part, once you set it up. You just let it go. Uh, there's, you know, for Bitcoin mining, there's, you have to get an ASIC miner, which stands for Application Specific Integrated Circuit. Basically, it's a, a purpose-built computer just for mining Bitcoin. Back in the day, you used to be able to mine Bitcoin profitably on a CPU or a GPU on, like, your gaming computer. But it's nowhere near profitable to do that anymore. So you, uh, you get like an ASIC miner, and you plug those in, and you run software on it to, uh, you know, to join a mining pool, basically. So you and a bunch of other people with those same computers go and work on the same – basically, you guys all work on the same puzzle together. And then as much work as your mining rigs put in, you get paid out that in a share of – how much you guys got at the pool. So yeah. you have to take into account, um, you know, a lot. Is, and then there's like Ethereum mining, which you can do on GPUs, like your graphical processing unit on your uh, on your gaming computer. You can join a pool called like NiceHash, and there's a few others that you can go onto their website and enter in your hardware and your local electricity costs. And you can get an estimate of how much money you would make per day mining. Um, but, yeah, you don't really have to do much with it. You just pretty much set up the mining software. You set up the wallet you want your, your money to be sent to, and you hit go. And you just make sure that, you know, you don't have anything flammable sitting over the top of your computer, that you have some decent ventilated space. Wow. It's just uh, – it's so – it's so uh, I know I feel like a lot of times it's just if you are just somebody I just that seems pretty cryptic I don't know it just sounds like like it's a real thing I'm not saying it isn't a real thing but I remember the first time that I heard heard about it and just the whole cryptocurrency yeah. thing in general is like it just sounded imaginary it just didn't even sound yeah you know it it kind of does in a way but um you know if you think about real currencies. You know, back in the day, there, you know, your coins were made of gold and could actually be melted down into real value. But then they just started printing it on, like, paper and cotton blend stuff. And, 
you know, it's a representative currency, basically. You know, you don't hold a Bitcoin in your hand, but what you do hold is the, you know, the private keys to a wallet that you can transfer to somebody and have, you know, 50, 100 grand, a couple million dollars in your hand, you know, depending on how much you have in there. So it's really, you know, it's taking the, the representative currency to a new level in a way. You know, you see a piece of paper and go, oh, that's 100 bucks. And, you know, you still have that piece of paper in your hand. With Bitcoin, that number on your computer screen could say anything, and it's going to be worth what that is because somebody out there is willing to pay the current price for it at any given time. Yeah. But, yeah, it does seem kind of cryptic, though. A lot of people don't really talk about what they have and how much they're holding. Um, just in the same way, a lot of people wouldn't tell you how much money they have in their bank account just because it is – that does make them a target. If somebody says, you know, I got $5 million in Bitcoin on my computer, somebody might go break into their house looking for that computer or may not physically go breaking in, but may start looking, hackers may start looking for you. Um, so people that are into Bitcoin are generally, um, should be paying attention to their, uh, to their cybersecurity as well and where they store their Bitcoin wallets and how they talk about it online or on radio shows. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, talking about it on the, the airwaves, I, uh, I feel like it's interesting. You know, um, I had uh, somebody on the show in 2019, November 2019, is talking about a global financial reset and artificial yeah. intelligence. And just in general, it's like, you don't really have control over you have control over technology to a certain degree but i mean what, what's popping up on your phone right now in front of you right now it's like i don't know it could be any i mean there's probably a way that it could be controlled but i remember in november of 2019 when he had this had an artist uh lead singer of this band come in and was talking about a global financial reset and that was before the pandemic even hit but then when it hit and was it March 16th? I remember thinking, I was like, holy shit, this is what it is. That's what all this unemployment is. It's like, where's the money coming from? This is like a some sort of reset, some sort of financial reset going on here. I, um, it's really, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, there's only so much. I mean, I'm sure that you, have you heard any stories of people, Bitcoin miners getting hacked? Um, yeah, you know, there's, um, Maybe not, maybe not their current rig, but you know, not their their current mining machine. But people that store them improperly. Um, I know that a while back there was, um, you know, a, some people back in the day made YouTube videos on how to send Bitcoin to one another and would show the you know would show their private keys on online which are basically the passwords to your wallet that anybody could use to back up the wallet and they may you know at the time bitcoin could have been worth like you know a third of a cent and they go oh well here i sent a hundred bitcoins to this to this paper wallet here's how to do it and then you know 10 years later somebody goes and finds that old youtube video and goes oh they haven't been thinking about this they pause the video scan the qr code and they had you know X amount of coins in their Bitcoin wallet that somebody didn't even think of because it was changed back in the day. Um, 
there was something I heard about a few years ago where a guy threw away an old hard drive that had thousands of Bitcoins on it from when he used to mine, and he didn't transfer it all out because, you know, a couple thousand Bitcoins wasn't worth anything, and this guy was going through a, a, uh, a landfill for a while looking for this old hard drive. I don't think there was ever anything that came of that, but... Um, you know, there's more recently I heard of somebody that had a virus on their computer to where whenever they were doing transactions on, um, whenever they would copy a Bitcoin address to their clipboard on their computer and go to paste it, it would paste a different one. So there's all sorts of hacks that go on out there. Um, you just have to, a way you can stay secure with it is if you're, if you're making a transaction with Bitcoin, make sure to verify the wallet address you're sending it to every single time. Um, this person didn't send any coins to the wrong address, but they were sitting there verifying the address they were about to send to, and they saw it had changed after hitting, you know, Control-C and then Control-V to paste it somewhere. The virus they had on their computer was changing it to a different address, probably the hacker's address. So... You know, you just got to stay a little bit vigilant and uh, you can do it securely just just as you would, you know, whenever you have a stack of cash in your hand at the cashier, you make sure to reach down into your pocket and put it down there. You don't like just reach down and accidentally put it in a neighbor's pocket or, you know, the guy sitting next to you at the bar's pocket. You want to be sure that you're putting it into your pocket. Yeah. You know, it was really interesting. You know, I uh, there's all these. um. Yeah, I mean, with 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 cash and when you're transferring cash, we, you know, if it's Bitcoin or if it's Venmo, some sort of um, currency. The thing about it is that there's actually documentation that it's there, that there's a transaction. If you give someone cash, obviously, you know, that's not documented. So, that, you know. Yeah. I I prefer cash. What about you? I don't know. Bitcoin actually sounds just as good as cash right now. So, but. Um, I mean, there. it really depends on, on what you're doing, you know? Like, um, there's a lot of people that wouldn't want a trace of where their money goes, and then there's also people that don't really care. Um, you know, just like Venmo, um, you know, that's going to track you just as much as a, a blockchain transaction would. Any, you know, you can look up by a wallet address how much um, Bitcoin has been sent to it. Um, sometimes I just do that for fun. I see like a wallet donation, like a Bitcoin donation address on a website. And you can copy that and go into a thing called like Bitcoin Explorer, which is a website that will, um, you can paste an address in there or a transaction ID and it will show you all the transactions that have gone into and out of that wallet in the past. And you can, you know, follow the track of it. It's not, a completely anonymous system um but it uh you know cash is for the most part um you know hand to hand it is but um you know venmo you can go back and look at a user's history on that so um as to what i prefer i mean i prefer you know i, I don't know i prefer what works best in the moment um if i was trying to do like an international money transfer, I would for sure do Bitcoin because your transaction fees on that are far less than Western Union would be or any other equivalent like that. And I think that's one of the biggest use cases Bitcoin has these days 
is the ability to transfer um, value between countries that usually have big hurdles between doing that. Yeah, that really seems like the way to go. I know that you know companies that have bought other companies with shares from their stock. Like so, if their their stock was worth five thousand dollars, and they gave them, you know, how many shares? You know, for a million dollars, that's like two hundred shares. I guess I can't do math right now, but I mean, um, just yeah. in general, like <laughs> depending on the, you know, the you could tr- you could buy a company with someone's with stock. I think right, like it seems like that would make sense, but I don't know. What yeah, the- I don't I don't know as much about how um, you know company acquisitions go, um, you know, but I mean, I'm sure that has tax benefits to the company of doing it that way, or at least um, ease of use for them. Maybe it's easier for them to transfer shares than it is for cash. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, if you're a publicly traded company, that makes sense, right? Because you have all of these shares and they're worth a certain amount and you could buy out this company, you know, for a hundred million dollars and whatever shares amount of shares are equivalent to a hundred million dollars and look at it as an investment in your firm versus spending a hundred million dollars out of your own pocket. I just, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, if you think about it that way, it's like, those companies that they're buying out may be willing to take the shares as a currency at that time, whereas, you know, their their vendors for, like, you know, their food vendors that company may have may not take shares in their company for next month's shipment. So that may just be an ease of use for them. It's easier for them to send shares versus sending currency. Yeah, I just... You know, how does Twitter buy out these companies that you never heard of for $400 million? You know, it's just, how does Twitter have $400 million? You know, I don't know. It's, um, they, they have some sort of, you know, stock trading is definitely, have, um, obviously, have, you know, I'm just talking about currencies in general with, with Bitcoin and, um, and just the stock market in general. When uh, pay, PayPal, um, I don't know how much you know about PayPal. I know that Elon Musk. Um, I know a bit about it. I think that's Elon Musk. One of his story, right? Didn't he? He was one of the PayPal kids, right? Yeah, he. I don't think he was a founder, but I think he was one of the people early in on it. But yeah, he he made quite a bit of money. He made a good chunk of his wealth out of that. Yeah. So I I saw this thing, and it was maybe a couple of years ago. It was Elon Musk, and it was like, you know, one day he was working eighty hours a week and living in a closet somewhere and then the next day paypal got bought or acquired by some big company and he made like a hundred million bucks or something off of it and then yeah um that that would be a that would be a nice jump up in lifestyle there yeah and so then he uh he got a lamborghini and he was became a car collector um I, I want to figure out how much money he made off that. I mean, because I feel like at that point, I mean, like Bitcoin, I feel like the the deal is, and what I've seen on the streets here, at least when I'm seeing from my personal professional experience, what I've seen, it's like the goal, the starting a business is to either sell it for more than what you got funding for or to go public. 
and uh, and Bitcoin went public. And so, and the, that's what I feel like with this whole Dogecoin thing is. It seems like more, I don't know, I mean, how you feel about Dogecoin at all. Yeah, Dogecoin, you know. Uh, Dogecoin, I see as a joke, joke cryptocurrency <laughs> that actually kind of caught a little bit of traction recently. Um, you know, it used to, there, there's not much utility in it right now. Um, some people are trying to build out utility for it now. Um, Bitcoin has pretty much always had a useful blockchain behind it. And, um, has, you know, finally, um, Dogecoin has finally gotten the ability. Uh, I think soon they're going to have the ability to do smart contracts, which are like, um, you know, agreed upon contracts written in code um, that are verified by the people mining Dogecoin or whatever coin it is. They're finally trying to do something like that. But before, Dogecoin um, didn't really have a, an overall limit of how many you can make, and I still don't think it has a limit, um, whereas Bitcoin has a limit of 21 million Bitcoins that are ever going to be able to be mined. So if you think about it, there's not really uh, – I mean, like, the, the way I think about it, the value of Dogecoin is probably only going to go down from here. Um, the value of Bitcoin could go either up or down. Um, there's a good case to be made for both ways. But Dogecoin I don't see as having much underlying value, so I wouldn't put much or any money into that um, – yeah, you know, but if I was to suggest anybody go for any cryptos, I'd say go for Ethereum or Bitcoin because they actually have underlying value to them that make it a useful thing. Whereas Dogecoin and a lot of the other coins that come out um, that you may hear about on Reddit or anywhere else, um, you know, those are just being pumped by people that want to be able to sell um, when the price goes up a tiny bit and they don't really have any use below them. If you were going to start your own coin, would it be the, what kind of a coin would it be? Would it be like a 100K coin? Just be what it is? Uh, you know, I, I feel like that would be um, a little ambitious, putting uh, <laughs> putting a uh, maybe possibly a price target in the name. But, um, you know, I probably wouldn't. But if I did, I would, I would do an ERC-20 token, which I believe that's the... Um, pretty much one done on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, I know that there's companies out there that can assist with um, creating um, cryptocurrencies like that on the Ethereum blockchain. So I'd probably go that route if I was going to do it. You said what I would ERC? name it, I, you know, I don't know what I'd name it because there are already so many creative no names out there for different coins. Yeah, you know what, I, I think there there is a lot. Yeah. There could be there could be a lot of different exciting you know names out there. Do they have a Chuck E. Cheese at, uh, on your, wherever you're at in the world? Yeah, there's Chuck E. Cheese around here. Gosh, you know they were <laughs> way ahead of the game. You know. Yeah, those it, little tokens. Those, yeah, they. You know, I think I found one of those on a coin jar a few years back. <laughs> I wonder if I can cash that in. I wonder if it's worth more than a quarter these days. Yeah, I mean, like I've definitely ran across some like car wash coins as well 
I was just like, man, you know what? I should have been thinking about this coin thing like back in 2011. But yeah, you know, that's the uh, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah, so thing, I, I want right to you know? run it out. It would be a, um, uh, kind of outside the box uh, idea and maybe question what you feel about it. So the idea, you know how now with um, cards and with credit cards, they have the tap, they have the Wi-Fi thing? Yeah, the NFC chip. Yeah, the NFC chip. That's right. Okay, NFC chip. I yeah. don't even know what that. Yeah. So, what if you embedded an NFC chip into a coin that was used like for a Wi-Fi, but it also could be used for a fob, like to um, to get into special like places that only. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, I, you know, you'd probably want to find a a programmer that would know how to. How to program stuff like that? I'm not sure how that would work. But I'm just trying to think, like uh, in general, like with because with Bitcoin, you got to. I mean, with cryptocurrency in general, it's got to be stored somewhere. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I was just kind of, I was thinking about all these ideas. I'm just, you know, this whole pandemic and living alone with no pets. I basically just dreamt up so many ideas, and I. uh I like the idea of cryptocurrency and, you know, I mean, people are, how can you have $200 million, somebody, or sorry, $200 billion, and then there's people starving <laughs> in the street. It's just $200 yeah, billion. Yeah, you know, some people, um, they just, you know, some people don't have much of a conscience. Um, and some of those billionaires out there, um, some of them do some good. Some of them just sit back and try to make it to the moon on their pile of cash. Yeah, that's you know, so they interesting just keep to see stacking that. Stacking it up below them, thinking that they're, you know, above everybody else. It's interesting. I just, um, I guess I'm guessing they don't have, you know, Bezo doesn't have two hundred billion dollars in cash, but he's got that somewhere where his, his net worth is worth that. So it's I obviously got to be in in the stock market. Yeah, I'm sure a good chunk of that is in Amazon stock. Yeah, I'm sure like a good majority of it is. So I was going to um yeah, so I wanted to uh I wanted to yeah, so we're we're going to be playing back a Tiki Desk concert here and this has just been so amusing to hear kind of the Bitcoin mining thing. I've been trying to find someone for a while, but they keep a low, you know, profile, as you know. I didn't hear what you said there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It actually is good that. Yeah, so um, I've been trying to I've been trying to hunt down a Bitcoin miner for quite some time now, but it's hard because yeah. Bitcoin miners keep a low profile. Yeah, they they usually do. <laughs> um, you know, and a lot of times you talk to people that say they know something about it, but then they they have no clue or they're uh, or they play dumb with you. But um, yeah. That's what I've, um, you know, and a lot of them won't even tell you how deep they are into it. Um, and a lot of them are in other countries. So, you know, a lot of me can't even speak the same language as them. But um, if somebody were to get started off with Bitcoin mining these days, I'd say make sure to check out, or, you know, I'd say check out the company Ant Miner, A-N-T-M-I-N-E-R. They make, Ant Miner. Okay. Um, they make ASIC miners. 
for Bitcoin. There's probably a waiting list for them right now, but that's the standard mining equipment that people use these days. So ant miner, that's good to know. Yep, ant, ant miner. I think it like uh, the most recent one I saw that I was looking into the price of was an ant miner S9. Um, and then if people are trying to get into mining Ethereum, which is a little bit more achievable for the average Joe. Um, assuming they can get a hold of a graphics card these days, which there's been quite the shortage of those recently, um, there, you know, a person with a gaming computer can uh, can set up their graphics card to mine Ethereum for, a, you know, sometimes you can get up to like 20 bucks a day if you have a really good card and cheap electricity. Um, some cards may get you a few bucks a day. Um, but, you know, that's, um, I would suggest doing that in a place where you are the one paying for the, for the electricity bill, because it's kind of a, um, not a very nice move to just run up somebody's electricity bill, um, and can be illegal to do that. Um, but yeah, if you're do it in a low cost of electricity area, um, and, um, you know, be warned that your, um, your computer will get very hot doing it. So make sure you have proper cooling. You have a ventilated computer case if you're going to do it on your own. Um, and be prepared to turn off your computer every few months and dust it out with some air duster. Um, but, yeah, Ethereum mining is probably the most achievable way for the average show to get into mining. Um, if you have, you know, ten or 20000 to put down on a Bitcoin mining ASIC miner, um, then look at an ant miner from, uh, uh, what, I forget the name already, <laughs> but the ant miners are the ones that I suggest going with yeah, for so mining Bitcoin. Ant miner, and uh, that's for Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, is that yeah. it's, is uh, it? Ethereum, that one you can do with the normal graphics card on your computer. Um, the newer, the better. The faster, the better on that. Um, if you get like an old, old graphics card from 10 or 20, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, it's going to cost you more in electricity than it'll get you back. Um, but if you get one of the newer, like 3080 or 3090 NVIDIA cards, you can get some good money off of those. Um, and some people build racks of computers, uh, racks of Bitcoin, uh, you know, or Ethereum mining racks, basically, they'll put five, ten, sometimes eighty different video cards onto a rack, um, controlled off of a you know one motherboard <laughs> um, to mine off of. Those are generally space heaters, though. Those are going to heat up your house uh, really hot. So <laughs> you know, maybe do it in a ventilated garage, um, and they usually get kind of loud because of all the fans on there. So if you have a roommate that's a light sleeper, they may not be too happy with you, and they definitely won't want to split the power bill with you. <laughs> wow, I just can't imagine. You know, the Bitcoin mining, it sounds like it would be just as expensive to Bitcoin mine as it would to be to grow some indoor hydroponic plants. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very, you know, some people, you, you know, they both have people getting into it with big bright eyes thinking, oh, I can just you know, I can just do this in my closet, you know, um, but then they get, then they start looking at how much the hardware costs and the electricity costs to do all that. And they go, wow, I better do this right and do it well. Um, you know, if you, 
you know, that's that's why um, the uh, the company NiceHash, you know, they do have they do have a sketchy past with the founder, nice but they do have a really good calculator on their website where you can go and enter in your hardware um, that you have on your computer and the cost of electricity, and it'll give you a very good estimate on how much money you'll make mining. Um, so NiceHash.com, I think, is a place you can go for that. So, so that's where I suggest people go for checking out how profitable their current gaming rig may be for mining Ethereum. Gosh, this makes me want to be a miner so badly. I just, <laughs> it just sounds you fun, know, it's, you know. Uh, for the most part, it's profitable. Um, there have been a couple years where it hasn't been profitable, and it never stopped. People kept mining Bitcoin. As You know, it's never stopped ever since it started. It's always been going. But um, the people that that held on and kept mining even when it wasn't profitable for a little bit, they made a killing the next year when the price rose up. So it's um, just about always profitable as long as you're in a lower cost of electricity area. Yeah, I feel like well, if it's green, right? If you if you had if you're solar, then oh, if you're solar, you're you're made. completely green. Oh my goodness, yeah. So I don't, I really don't know what the whole thing out there in the universe of Bitcoin mining or any kind of cryptocurrency mining, and it feels like maybe it's a gray area, but I don't think so. I mean, like you said, you don't tell people how much money you have in your bank account, regardless. So it's like. I don't know. I mean, like I could say I'm thinking about doing some some mining or something. I don't know. I feel like I might be able to do this. It's, <laughs> it's achievable. Um, you do have to have a little bit of, you know, I'd say um, I don't know your living situation, but I wouldn't do it in a place where somebody else is splitting the electricity bill with you. Um, if you have your own place, um, go for it, you know, uh, because also, you know, like I said, with the fans, you're your your bitcoin or ethereum mining rig is going to be kind of loud so maybe don't put it maybe don't set it up in your bedroom if you have it you know oh yeah but it, it's very achievable anybody can get started it really doesn't take much just look into um you know i would say depending on if you're if you plan on keeping your bitcoin or if you keep on or if you plan on cashing it out immediately um Definitely look into getting a wallet such as a Trezor wallet, a hardware wallet that you um, that's pretty secure. Um, and don't just you know don't save your Bitcoin wallet onto your Dropbox. You know that's uh, yeah. That's kind of like putting your 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 you know your uh, your stack of twenty dollar bills on your front porch underneath a rock. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hide of money. <laughs> yeah so you'll you'll want to have well just just look into the uh you know your basic security for for storing bitcoins before you start mining them because you don't want to um have them slipped right out of your hand after you get them yeah it's all very fascinating stuff man this this has been such a a pleasure having you call in and uh i got some toffee yeah, ads for you here. back here i'm going to send out to you guys um really with this heat and this temperature toffee ads and, and lollipops are the only things that won't melt in the mail so <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i'm so glad that uh, we got connected and that everyone got to hear it um it was funny i yeah, felt it was like it was a the pleasure talking to you i hope that um 
you know, if if anybody gets anything out of this conversation, it's to, um, you know, that Bitcoin is a very real thing and that, you know, you just have to go into it um, with a security mindset because it's a very tasty treat for hackers. So don't, you know, don't leave tasty your Bitcoin treat. wallet out in the open. But, you know, if you watch what you're doing, you can very safely secure it and um, safely secure your financial future if you do it right. Yeah. Wow. This is very inspiring. Thank you. 100K. Thank you for uh, thanks for calling in. And uh, I, well, I got some candies. Much, yeah, I got some candies for, for you. Um, I'll send them somewhere out there in the island that you're at. Um, All right. Hey, I appreciate these candies. It, we're only making them in California here. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Awesome. Cool. All right. Yeah, so we're going to hey, be... have a good one. You too. I'll catch you soon. All right. All right. See ya. See ya. Wow. 100K here, mutiradio.fm. Doing some Bitcoin mining on the air. Gosh, it's just like so cool. So, yeah, we've got our own little... We're going to a little cryptocurrency over here, self. And uh, we're going to be playing back a Tiki Desk concert here very shortly. And uh, we got some uh, exciting. So Rickshaw's Stop is actually open again. Couldn't believe it. So that's right there in Fell, right in there in DMV Heights. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so Rickshaw Stop is opening back up. We got some cool bands coming through there. Um, the Happies, they just... Um, Released a new single today. And um, what else do we have in there coming through? Uh, Go Juice Bumps the following week, the following Thursday. So Thirsty Thursdays are coming back. And we got the bands are coming out of the woods, out of the caves. Very cool. So we got, um, we're going to be playing back the Under Trio Tiki Desk concert. Just a um, little rooftop. Uh, stream this last weekend and we have a tiki desk open mic tomorrow which yeah i mean i just can't believe the neighbors are just so gung-ho about it i just am really just really lucky to have some really good neighbors over here um so i feel like i gotta take advantage of that Taking advantage of the good neighbors by spoiling them with candies and giving them some live local music and some tunes. And just it's better by the second here. So we are going to be winding down the show with an Under Trio Tiki Desk concert. Thank you all for tuning in. This uh, performance was quite breathtaking. Uh, so I'm excited for everyone out there in the the new radio airwaves to uh, to hear this back. Yes. Oh yeah. There it goes. There it goes. Tiki Desk concerts. Radio FM, some live rooftop comedy 
music, fire pits and more. Sarah Jane on the cello. Sean Valentine on the multi-instrumentalist here. He's got, he's got a violin, a steel guitar, some other instrument that I don't even know what to call. Mr. Andrew on the guitar and the drums. Sunk Lightning, that is my Candyman theme, and we're at the Tiki Desk concert right now. Closing the blinds 
Someone whose uh, partner is leaving them, and also something about losing furniture. Spoilers. It's more of a mood. Not much happens. 
<laughs> more of a mood. So I hope you're, you just vibe with us. Uh, so there we, here we are. Thank you. 
guys so much. There will now be a brief intermission. Not really, though. It's brief. It's brief. How brief? Just a little one. Why not? Just chill for a sec. Five minutes, you know? Yeah. Or three, whatever. I think a break sounds cool. Really? Enough time for you to take a sip of your My Topo. sheets 
There would be refrigeration stations on every corner so you could do a rotisserie. <laughs> so you wouldn't feel like you were going to die all the time. It's crazy. Uh, the, the best thing about menopause, I have the libido of a 14-year-old boy. The worst thing Why about you menopause. Me? <laughs> <laughs> Your soul is a 14-year-old boy. I see you. Oh. I see you. That's actually, that's what the millennials say when they hit on you. They're so loser. They're like, I see you. I'm like, is that all you need to say these days? Is I do exist? Yes. Jeez. I'm so lonely. Uh, but if, 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 if men went through menopause, a whole different situation would be crazy with technology. Dear God, uh, I lost my punchline on that. You guys, none of you are going to ever go through menopause. Like I said, I'm going to die. Well, no, no, I don't know. We're going to go through menopause. You're going to go through menopause. I'm telling you, it's crazy. They're like, you're hysterical. I'm like, yes, take out my uterus, somebody. You look very good if you're really going through menopause. Thank you. I'm Oh, my God. I look like a Monet. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh,
Yay! <laughs> I love the patriarchy. Yay! Yeah. Isn't it great? Knock knock. Who's there? there? Feminism. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> I think it's a precept of feminism. I, a lot of women in the 70s burned bras and read books so I could talk about butthole on stage. Oh yeah. Which incidentally looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Like a wild goose Wanders all around
of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke 
workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Michael Spiegelman and I am Carl not Spiegelman we're hosts of <laughs> you uh, with Michael Spiegelman follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T we watch a full length movie on YouTube with you and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time yeah L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Yeah, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Right, I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, let's watch full-length movies. Let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye, see you next month. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. really good time. Flat black glass. Looking big splits and cruising. Saturday noon to two. I am a total and I will cut Hello, Blake. Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. My name is Breakfast. 
and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor.